Blog Talk Radio. Aloha. Welcome to Talking Pictures. This is your host, Paul Booth. And it's awesome because we're going to give you some more goodies from the Newport Beach Film Festival that we got to see. We still have three more episodes that we're going to be doing. We're having such a fun time with this podcast because right now we have reporters in other states covering festivals. We get to enjoy our hometown festival, Newport Beach. And there's just so many great films. I'm, you know, I, one of the things I cannot stand is uh, just stringing along adjectives, but superb, fantastic, great, whatever you want to call it. uh, This is the festival to be at. And you always meet cool people. You always discover something, even if it's the tiniest thing about yourself. And it's all done through film and a lot of good food. And I don't drink anymore, but uh, Stella Artois, we always want to thank them for a good party. Tito's Handmade Vodka, again, this show, we have nothing to do with the sponsors. We just dig on Newport Beach Film Festival. So tonight, I'm just going to give out some quick reviews and some films for you to put on your radar. Uh, Some documentaries, uh, two are music, one is entertainment-oriented. Of course, if you have the screen up there, you'll see Desert Age, a rock and roll scene history. Then I'm going to talk about Jazz Nights, A Confidential Journey. And then Being George Clooney, which doesn't have Clooney in it. And when we get to that, you'll get kind of a kick out of this. So with that, um, this is fun because I've always wanted to find a way to infuse music into the show without it being a blatant, uh, you know, let's just throw music on. It always has to have something to do with film. We were fortunate to have the great, wonderfully talented uh, Alicia Witt, um, who came on and talked about her album about about a year ago. And we have had, uh, you know, directors give us some discussion as to how they came up with their music or maybe they did their own music. But I love this time because it gets to take three of my favorite things, which is documentary, movies, and film. And you can say documentaries is the same thing as film, but it's not. uh, And that's a debate for a whole other time. But Friday night, it's here, and we're live, and it's we're going to just say we're rocking and rolling since we're going to start talking about the desert age, rock and roll scene history. Now, any opinions I share, I'm not judgmental. I'm to each their own. Um, I don't like the labels, but sometimes it's what goes with the film. And I have been in the area of this film, A Desert Age. I have known people from the area. We don't judge anyone. Uh, My father actually grew up uh, not too far from these areas. So it's uh, in a odd, you know, kind of in my bloodline. So it's not about any judgment because this would be the easiest film to judge some aspects. So, synopsis, everyone knows that sex, drugs, and rock and roll go hand in hand, but they never stop to think about where it all began. Rock legends reveal the significance of California's desert age to the rock and roll movement. In the 1980s and 1990s, the dry deadland of California deserts harvested a rich culture of late nights, loud crowds, and music with the ability to transcend time. Now, this, of course, I'm by no means, I'm a, I'm a BB King guy. I'm a, 
uh, Louis Armstrong. I'm a Metallica older stuff. I'm not Black Sabbath, Iron Maiden, um, Mosh Pit. Uh, I don't think it's fun at all to get drunk and start a bar fight. Uh, so this is a really interesting thing because whenever you talk about music, there's the, there's, it seems like a cliche, but wherever you are coming into it, uh, you know, our, our most musical cities are Kansas City with jazz and Austin with the blues and Chicago with the blues, the Mississippi Delta, uh, New York with Harlem and its contribution to jazz, of course, West Coast jazz, the, the great late uh, Dave Brubeck. So to think that uh, rock and roll, any significant rock and roll came out of this kind of weird part of California that's between leaving California and Arizona. So it kind of has that, aside from being a desert, you really do feel cut off when you're there. Um, I especially don't say anything bad about the place because I have family that lives there. But it is like you enter a whole nother world. It's off a very historic highway that, that, of course, was Route 66 that starts in Santa Monica runs across the country, Interstate 10, and this desert, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that start shit, start fights, uh, think it's cool that the place got broken up. In my opinion, that's not what rock and roll is about, but it is what, is, everything is what makes rock and roll, the good, the bad, the ugly, the stuff that pisses us off, the stuff we laugh about, cry about, whatever you want to call it. Either way, the film was great, it, it did its job, um, it had Dave Kroll. I probably pronounced that wrong, sorry. But he's an awesome musician who I feel like the bonehead of the year because I've been so behind in finding out who he was. But again, I always say, and I always will say, it's a quote from my mentor that the best part of music is you you all enter at a different time. And if you really look at music as no one knows more or less than you, then it's always going to be fun. So this film was well made. It was an interesting look at a part of California that I'm sure many people haven't gone to because if you come here to vacation, you hit San Diego or Los Angeles or San Francisco, you're not really in an itch to go out to the desert, um, this area of the desert. It's not Palm Springs. It's like a desert cake with no um, frosting, but it still contributes. And it was a cool documentary and it was interesting to see that it was just completely different than Austin. It was completely of a tif different time and space and the way uh, other musical cities contrib contributed. I'm sorry, I will never stop getting too excited doing this show. Um, so Desert Age, a rock and roll scene history. I unfortunately did not meet the filmmakers, um, but I, was, uh, I want you guys to put that on your list. I, I should be providing you with the next festival uh, but like I said, at Newport, you're watching three or four good films a day, and you have a list of about 15 that you want to see, 15 that you want to see and don't see, and then like 10 that you get to see. So, and that's just if you're, you know, moderately indulging in the festival. The next one is Jazz Nights, A Confidential Journey. And this one was really cool because, uh, first of all, jazz is, uh, jazz, blues seems to be like a maybe a genres that people think are gone or don't exist or, uh, you know, we're down to like Herbie Hancock, Wayne Shorter, Sonny Rollins, uh, uh, Quincy Jones of the jazz legends that are alive. Esperanza Spalding is amazing. Oh, my gosh, I can remember seeing her two years ago like it was yesterday, and I'm not being a male pig, 
but sexuality is a part of jazz as well. Uh, so in this film, it was a revolving group of jazz musicians performing on the cutting edge of a social and cultural metamorphosis congregate Sunday nights at a self-described hash bar in Los Angeles to improvise and explore jazz. Well, again, nothing against the synopsis that was submitted by the filmmakers, but jazz is a metamorphosis and a congregation of things. So I don't really know how to translate this synopsis of that it's metamorphosizing and congregating because if it didn't do that, it wouldn't be jazz. So that's like saying we're going to have a band full of horns and there's going to be a saxophone. Uh, Los Angeles, of course, is always funky, uh, depending on what part you're at, where you're at, uh, what the vibe is. And this explores their unusual performance techniques. They deconstruct the jazz experience on their own terms through a lyrical and intrepid journey the musicians themselves have come to honor. This just goes back to every song on the planet, in some ways, rooted in jazz or blues. I, I always, and I mean this no snobbery, I I love when people say they don't like the blues and then you put something on and it's just like nothing but a blues song and the pop artist is over it. Or they say they don't like jazz, but they like solos. Solos were invented with jazz. Um, you don't have to like everything. You don't like it. You don't have to like Hank Williams. You don't have to like country. You don't have to be, uh, have all of the, the Sonny Rollins albums. You don't have to have everything from BB King. But the true importance of this film was showing that it is a journey and it is a metamorphosis of everything. When you go to a really cool jazz show, and I'd given a preview this week, the show has been postponed um, for Lisa Fisher and Dr. Lonnie Smith. Uh, but a great jazz show really does uh, can just change you. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And it's not about the actual like of music. It's not about where you are with music, it really is kind of outer body. Um, I'm very fortunate that I saw Dave Brubeck and Sonny Rollins. Again, Jazz Night's a confidential journey. Put this one on your list. Now, for the last review, I saw the title of this, read the synopsis, and said, I don't care when it's playing, I'm going. I don't care what I have to skip to see this. I'm seeing it. Being George Clooney. Now, this is a, this is here's the synopsis. Listen in on the world a professional Hollywood dubbing for international markets, focusing on the French, German, Italian, Brazilian, and Turkish actors whose voices replace that of George Clooney outside the U.S. Learn how American films are translated abroad and the fascinating lives of the people behind Clooney's worldwide non-English vocals. Directors, producers, and many more give us an inside look at the world of dubbing and how it has become a multi-million dollar business. Now, you know, I'm sure a lot of people looked at this and thought it was going to be a documentary about Clooney or maybe Clooney was going to show up at the festival. Um, I was interested in it a, just to learn about, you know, voiceovers. But when you see scenes of these movies, uh, Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou, Ocean's Eleven, um, I don't remember them showing gravity, but when you see those films where you're so used, you forget that you're so used to the way an actor sounds. And it's not like, duh, of course you love George Clooney's voice. It's so weird how it, it, it we put so much on what the actor does or what is their business or are they being bravado or this is the time for Pacino to make a speech. 
when in reality, these guys are having to have their voice match a performance that they're not doing. They're having to get inside the head of an actor that they obviously are not. And there was a funny quote in the movie where one in the doc where one of the guys says, um, it's, I feel great that I can sound like George Clooney. I just wish I looked like him. Now, that's funny because I guess we would all like to uh, be as kind and, uh, well, some of us are, but to be the gentleman that he is and uh, he's got some snazzy duds. I wouldn't mind some of the shirts I've seen him in. But this was just a cool way of looking at what makes George Clooney around the world. Not just the Clooney here that's followed by paparazzi, not just the Clooney here who's a highly intelligent man about politics, um, about most things, but only when he's making a stir do they want to bring up his his politics, or only when it's, um, anyways, it's a whole other thing. This movie is not about George Clooney, so we don't need to spend too much time talking about him, all due respect. And so I suggest checking this out. This is one of the, I mean, it just, it's so interesting. You might walk away saying, oh, this is, you know, I'd like to talk about this better. Maybe a subject's going to relate to you. And my gosh, my phone never goes off. We're on episode 91 and my phone goes off. I apologize. But you know what? Since we talked about Jazz Night, The Confidential Journey, we'll just roll this off to that that was a jazz-like moment. And I'm going to roll with the phone call and what it was. So that was a good way to clean up my little bit of baloney. Sorry, Newport Beach. I always, I try to, I always give you guys my 100%. And if it ever falls short, I get bummed by that. But again, a, de- a desert age, a rock and roll scene history, jazz, a confidential journey, and being George Clooney. Put these on your list. Wonderful set of documentaries. Uh, we will be back for our next episode of Talking Pictures with more Newport Beach Festival for you. We're planning for, we got a reporter out in Seattle. We're planning for dances with films. Uh, we got some screeners, some surprises here and there. And we have a lot of surprises, actually, with our 100th episode coming up. So next Talking Pictures, we'll, we'll talk about Kidnap Capital, Since Pan Am 103, and The Lennon Projects, which were three fantastic films that I saw at the Newport Beach Festival. So we love doing this. We always feel like we want to support Newport Beach because they just do a lot for the arts and the world. So with that, I will say happy Mother's Day weekend to everyone. Uh, If your mother is no longer with us, then all my prayers and blessings to that. But I'm going to close off with Mark Newport Beach Film Festival on your calendar. If you don't live in Southern California and you live a couple hours away, make the trip next year. And I'm going to sign off like I always do. Do whatever you're going to do tonight, this afternoon, this morning, whenever you're listening, but make sure and watch a good movie.